Amen. Well, I'm calling this uh, this sermon today highly favored. All right, and so uh, highly favored. That's that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. I want to read something out of Acts 20, Acts 20, verse 35, starting in and actually the part B of that verse. But but listen to this. It says, "And I remember the words of the Lord Jesus. This is Jesus speaking. Look at this. That He said it's more blessed to give than to receive." So that's from Jesus, right? So that's not from Preacher Jim or Pastor Daniel. That's from Jesus. And so Jesus tells us that it's more blessed to give than receive. Now that's important because, see, that word blessed, if you look at it in the Greek, uh, it, it, it's a very simple word, but it's very straightforward. Here, here's the sense of it. One is blessed, so that's the translation you have in front of you. The other is uh, possessing favor with God. I mean, who doesn't want favor with God? I mean, you want favor with your boss, don't you? And so it's like, I, I want favor with God. And then the other is, here's one, and this is kind of, is a little weird for me, but it's just happy. It's just happy. Don't you want to be happy? You know? And I, and I know I've, I've drawn some really sharp distinctions between happiness and joy, and I can't go into that today. But very, very, very simply, this word is about happy. It's like being happy. It's like, man, that's good and so my hope is that during the series, God starts to download that into your heart. But in order for that to happen, Jesus says that we got to figure something out. we got to figure out that the blessing comes out of this kind of relationship that we have with him and other people. And that relationship is one of generosity. That's it. That's it. It's one of generosity. And I know when I say that word, most people are like, oh, no, not the money thing. Look, I'm not even, it's not even about money. Sure, sure, it is about, like, in the sense that it has an aspect of it. But God's blessings are so much bigger than that. I think sometimes as human beings, we're so enamored with the shiny things that that's all we can see. Like right now, your mind is shutting down because I've mentioned the word generosity. <laughs> Just open up a little bit. See that God's bigger than just some cash. Yeah. See that God has more for you than just the shiny things. Right. You know, it makes me think of Ariel, you know, in the movie, how she has all those trinkets and shiny things in the bottom of the sea, and she thinks that's just great, and that's what she's focused on, and those, those things. And that's how we get sometimes when it comes to this, that God has more for us. So let's, let's open ourselves up a little bit and believe that God is a little bit bigger than our shiny things. Yeah. That his blessings are much, much bigger than that. And so I want to encourage you to be available and open uh, because it's not just the <clears throat> stuff. It's not, and here's the other thing is, it's not give to get. That, that's, not what the, that's not what it is. It's not give to get. It's give to give because you want to give. It's give because your heart's been changed. It's give because your motives have changed. And why has your motive changed? Why has your heart changed? Well, it's because of Jesus. Amen. Because of what he's done in you. And so part of this is recognizing that Jesus has done something in me, in which I'm going to get to in just a second. But if I haven't experienced that, or maybe, maybe I say, if I haven't received that, then what happens is that it's, it's, it's hard for me to be generous. And anyway, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the receiving end. Because sometimes I think, sometimes I think we, 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 you know how you sometimes will miss a step? You know, you'll jump forward and, you, and you, you're like, wait, you missed step one, step two? 
See, what happens is sometimes we miss step one and step two, and then we're over here talking about generosity, and there's something in us that's holding on to it. And the reason that is is because something hasn't happened in step one. And we're gonna, that's what we're going to kind of, kind of dig into today. So I want to look at uh, Luke chapter 19, a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. I don't know if you've ever heard of Zacchaeus, but Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree. Some of you are like, this is going back. Some of you are like, I have no idea. Some, some of you have no idea. You're like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. That guy's weird. He's singing weird songs about a guy named Zacchaeus. That's fine. I'm going to read it to you. But, 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 but it, it's just such a powerful story. And so there's this guy named Zacchaeus, and he's interested in Jesus. Jesus has been teaching. He's been walking around uh, the ancient Near East, and he's been talking to people about the kingdom of God and all of that. And this is the story. We pick it up in verse 1. I'll just read it to you. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now, behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector. Now, here's the deal. Tax collectors weren't very, uh, they, they weren't liked, all right? Because they were Jewish people that were collecting taxes from the Romans on the Jews. Get this. And so they kind of saw them as sellouts. Does that make sense? And usually they were crooked and oppressing people and taking more than they should. And so, so he's not a real liked guy. But, but anyway, so he was a tax collector and he was rich. Now why was he rich? He was rich because he was basically taking more than he should from people. All right, so here we go. So, and he sought to see Jesus, because he wanted to see Jesus, but, but he couldn't see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. Come on, all you people that are short in stature. <laughs> now, I, I have the burden of being tall, but you guys, you guys struggle with that, I know. But look at this in verse 4. So he, so he ran ahead and he climbed into the sycamore tree, right? Because he wanted to see him, he wanted to see Jesus, for he was going to pass by him. So in verse 5 it says, And when Jesus came to this place, he looked up and he saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hey brother. Like he's like, hey man, I see you up in the tree. He says, make haste and come down for today. I'm going to stay at your house. Man, can you imagine that? Like Jesus calls you out and says, man, I'm coming over. I, I think that would, and especially if you were like a tax collector and no one wanted to be your friend anyway. That's that's kind of a big deal. So he says, I'm coming to your house. And so in verse 6, he says, so he made haste and he came down. And look at this. And he received him joyfully. Now we're going to talk about that. But, but received him joyfully. But when he saw it, they all, when they saw it, of course, this is how it works, right? When they all saw it, of course, here the crowd shows up. The, the, the Twitter feeds, the trolls, they all show up. They all show up, and they said, but, 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 but he's going to go and be a guest in this man's house. He's a sinner. You know, right? Right? No, I hate social media sometimes. I'm just telling you. I mean, I know it's useful and stuff, but yeah, people are mean. It's like, I, sorry, I, I won't even talk about that today, but I can get on that. Verse 8. Then Zacchaeus stood and he said, he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, um, I, I, I sense something's going on in me, right? And so this is how he responds. He says, I give half of my goods to the poor. Like he's like, I, I'm going to give half away. That's, that's pretty significant, right? And, and, and if I have taken anything from any way by false accusation, which you know he has, <laughs> he, he says, I'll restore that fourfold. 
Now let me say that. That's four, right? That's four. That's a fancy way of saying four times. Yeah? Fourfold. Verse 9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house. Because uh, he also is a son of Abraham. In other words, he's a Jew. And for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And so it's a powerful story. Isn't that a cool story? I just, I just think I just love the interaction between Jesus and Zacchaeus. But, but I think there are a couple of truths that we can pick out of this. And then we're going to keep going and get into the, the meat of this. But listen to this. I think, I, I think, I think you have to look at Zacchaeus' response he has several of them, but, but the first one is he received him joyfully. He received him joyfully, which I'm just almost like put your thumb on that, all right? So just remember the word, received him joyfully. We're going to come back to that. Number two, number two, he commits to give half of his goods away to the poor, which is an action, isn't it? It's an action. So he's committing to give every, half of his stuff away. Verse 3, or I mean number 3, is that he indicates that if he has cheated anyone, he's going to make it right, which is more of an attitude. Something's happened in him, and now he's feeling like there's something he needs to do about it. So there's been an attitude change about these people. So something's shifted, and it's led to an attitude and an action. And now that's important. So we'll come to that in just a second. But, but get, does that make sense to you? Can I understand the story where we're at? All right, that's important. Now, I'm not a grammarian, all right? I'm just not. I'm not very good with the words. And, and yet God called me to be a preacher. Come on. And so, so I struggled with grammar. But one of the things I know about grammar, I'm not, I'm not, if I figured this out, uh, is that in, a, in order to have a sentence, you need a subject and a verb. Ain't that right? So, I mean, you just... You need a subject and a verb. So that, that's important in this deal. And, 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 and so I was thinking about, like, if you were to blow the Bible down, like you were just trying to come up with the bottom line of the Bible, you know, the, what's the subject and what's the verb? Does that make sense? And then what's, the, what's the Bible? What's the subject of the Bible? What's the point there? And then what's the verb? Get this. Well, I think, I think we all could agree that the subject of the Bible is God. Like, I mean, that makes sense, right? So the subject of the Bible is, is God. And if I ask you, well, 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 then what's the verb? I suspect that you might have a variety of answers. Some of you might say it's prayer. Some of you might say it's grace. Some of you, I, you know, I don't know what you would say. Or maybe you just come up with the good old-fashioned love. You know? I, that's a good one, too. But you know what I think it is? I think it's give. I think it's give. Now, I'm going to explain why I think that, but, but I think it's important we see this. Because I think sometimes we miss what the Bible's really all about. We, we, we know it's about God, but sometimes we, 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 we lose sight of what the action is. But why the grace? Why this? Why the love? Why all of that? Well, it's because of John 3.16. That God gave. It, it, the reason we're here is it's because God gave. And matter of fact, if you do a word study, like here, I'll just, I'll just help you a little bit. But, but if you went through the Bible and you looked throughout the Bible at different words, so like the word believe, that's a big word, right? That's an important word. Well, that's mentioned 272 times in the Bible, okay? Pray is mentioned 371 times. So pray, prayer, that kind of thing. So those are pretty big. Well, well love, I mean, that's significant. So if the subject... 
You know, and the verb, it's love it. I mean, love is only mentioned 714 times. Look at this. Give is mentioned 2,161 wow. times. Wow. So give actually gets more street cred than love. It has more space. It takes up more room in the Bible. And isn't it interesting that when we talk about giving so often, our hearts turn off. It's like we don't want to hear it. And yet, if that's the subject and the verb, man, we got to get Then something's wrong. And I can tell you this. It's not wrong with God. There's something going on in us that we've got to see. And if we ever truly want to unlock what God's doing, we've got to understand the verb. We've got to understand what he's talking about because it's there that we truly find who Jesus really is. And so today, I don't know what you're struggling with and, and uh, I don't know why you're here. I suspect that many of you are here because Jesus has done something in your life. Now, some of you maybe don't have that relationship with Christ yet, and that's okay. We're glad you're here. We hope that you hear something today that maybe challenges you, maybe that causes you to think a little bit. But I do know this, that the reason I show up is not just because I feel like it. I show up because Jesus has done everything for me. Like, Jesus gave everything for me. Like, the only reason I'm here, <laughs> the only reason I am who I am today is because of what Christ has done, because Christ gave to me. God gave to me before I deserved anything. Romans tells us that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. I mean, come on. So in my state of messed upness, God was, was right there giving, giving, giving. Because that's the kind of God he is. And I, I, I just, I just, it just I, it, it, sometimes we just have to stop. And say, God, thank you for giving your son. And, and, and every implication of that in my life, I need to receive. Like every area of my life. I want to receive that into my life in every area. And I know that there are areas I have not done that yet. Okay? And so, so, so here's the other thing. And I already kind of mentioned this. Is that this is not just about money. This is not just about that. It's not about the shiny things, really. It's about so much more. It's about so much more. Now, if you notice that Z, we'll call him Z, Zacchaeus, guys, come on, stick with me. We'll notice that Z uh, gave half of his wealth. He gave half. That's a pretty significant thing. And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk about something very simple, and that is that the action, I want to talk about the action of giving, and then I want to talk about the attitude of giving. But I'm going to get to that in just a second. And so, so the action of giving is really important for us to see. Because with Zacchaeus, his action, after Jesus showed, said, hey, come on, come on, come on. After all that happened, his action, his action was to then give half of his stuff away as a result of the receiving that he had received joyfully. You with me? So he had received it joyfully, and a result, his action was to give half of his stuff away. Now that's important for us to see. It's important for us to understand that when, when something grabs hold of us, when the Lord becomes the number one, when the God begins to transform this, when we receive him really, when we receive him really, then this giving stuff, I'm telling you, it is not a big deal. Like, it really is like, oh. mm -hmm. but there's a problem. 
There's a step one problem. There's a step one. Now, I want to I share a verse, uh, verse with you out of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And this is in the Sermon on the Mount, which is one of Jesus' more popular sermons, right? It's in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And right in the middle of this sermon, Matthew tells us this is what Jesus said. Watch this in verse 19. He says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. He goes on. He says, where moth and rust and where thieves can break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's weird. How, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Heaven, like, that's kind of weird. Okay. So, so where, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves cannot break in and steal. So he's saying that, that, that if you lay it up in heaven, that it's protected. Like it's insured. It's better than the FDIC. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. So, so that's important. Then watch this. And this may be a verse you know. I don't know if you've heard this. And matter of fact, you may have even heard it misapplied. But, but here's the verse in verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think I've heard before that some people have kind of nuanced this a little bit and said... You know, if your heart's here, then you're going to do this. Does that make sense? So they, they started with the heart. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible actually starts with the treasure. That's important. Because, see, I don't just do this because of my heart. Right? It's not just that. It's I do this because of this connection I have with God, this relationship. And so part of this is important for me to see is that that, that, that it's not just about how I feel. Because the heart, a lot of times, is our seat of emotions, you know, all that kind of stuff right here. And, and so it's not that. It's not because I feel good about the pastor it, or because I feel good about the thing. It, no, the Bible is very clear on this. And this is a principle that even relates outside the church. And it's important you see this, is that wherever that treasure goes, wherever that, that is, what the Bible is saying is that your heart actually follows it. Get this. And, and again, apply that in any area of your life. <clears throat> Wherever that treasure is, the Bible says your heart is like, I'm coming with it. It's like they're tethered. They're tethered together. But the treasure is leading. The treasure is leading. And it's important we see that because Jesus is trying to get us to see something. Now, here's the thing I have to ask myself, and you have to ask yourself, is where, where is most of my treasure going? You ever ask yourself? Like, you know, like, if you want to understand what an organization is about, look at their budget. You heard that? You're like, just go look at their budget. You'll find out what the organization's all about. You'll know. And, and so my point is, is that, that you follow that for a reason. And so, 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 so where is my treasure going? Where's, where's your treasure going? You know, I don't know. I mean, does most of your treasure go to your house? You know, does most of your treasure go to a car? Uh, does, does most of your treasure go to stocks? You know, I don't know. I don't know where your treasure goes, but, but I, 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 can, I can tell you where my treasure goes. I can look at my budget, and I, but where's yours? And so what the Bible is trying to say, what Jesus is trying to get us to see, is that wherever that treasure is, wherever it's being applied, wherever the action of that is, okay, that means my heart is there. Now look, guys, that's not complicated. You know what I mean? That's pretty simple, right? Everybody got that? Yeah, so, I mean, you got that. I mean, that's straight up. Jesus is pretty clear about that. And so, so, so the question becomes is, what in the world are we supposed to do about that? 
Well, well, there's a lot of things God says to do about that. And, 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 and we'll, we'll talk about that. But, but I think it's important we see, because I, I hear this sometimes from people. Pastor, my heart's not in it. <laughs> Pastor, my heart's not in it, right? You know, I just, my heart's not in missions, Pastor. My heart's not in this thing, okay? My heart's not in given. Come on, in Jesus' name. I don't know, I don't know. But say, my heart, my heart's not in it. Here's the thing I'd say. Put some treasure in it, and it will be. You put some treasure in it, and I guarantee it will be. If you put some treasure in a stock, you're going to be checking on that stock. Aren't you? I'm just saying. That's what the Bible's trying to help you see. Oh, my heart's not in it. Well, put some treasure in it, and then all of a sudden your heart will follow it. That's what Jesus is saying. Guys, that's a big deal. If we get this, that's a big deal. It's a game changer if we fully understand the importance of treasure and seed and where that stuff goes and how that affects who we become. It's very clear. Now, I don't know. I, I've heard teachings on this where it's kind of like storing up treasures in heaven because when you get up there, you're going to need some money because everything's expensive. <laughs> Look, I don't... Whoever says that doesn't, they're speaking, uh, they're interpreted, okay? And I'm not saying there probably isn't, I don't know, maybe there's some truth to that. I'm just going to tell you what I think, I think. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you what I think, is, is that when he says soaring up treasures in heaven, what's he talking about? Is he just talking about cash? The shiny things, you know, like, no, it's something else. What's he talking about? There's a spiritual application here, and so it's almost like it starts in the physical and it turns spiritual. So a lot of times for us, it's the shiny things, which is physical. So we have to give it, you know, because we see it, we can touch it, we, we do this. But in that, there's a spiritual implication on another level that we don't even get. And, and, and I think, and I think, this is my opinion, this is what I think, is that the most important thing to God and the only thing that lasts are people. That's it. So the Bible says that you last forever. You will either spend eternity with God or away from God. You choose. So we will live forever somewhere. And so what that means is, is that the most important thing is people. And so if I'm going to invest, if I'm going to put my treasure somewhere, then I need to make sure I'm applying it towards the thing that's most important, God's priority. And what will happen is what will be stored up will last because those people are eternal and eventually they're going to get there with you. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that's what I think Jesus is trying to help us to see. Well, that's bigger than anything. That's bigger than anything. That, that's better than knowing that, that there's high prices in heaven. Because now you're, now, you're, now you're doing something. Now you're making an eternal investment that lasts forever. I just like that. I like that. All right. So, so there's an action related to giving that we have to see. And so often we just don't see it. And it's like if you were going to move cross-country, Right? You're going to move from Fenton all the way to Sacramento, California. All right? Is that okay? Sacramento, all right? Let's go to San Diego. San Diego's better. Yeah, let's do that. So we're going to San Diego, and we're going to, and what you do is you put all the stuff in a, a van or a moving van or something, and, and what do you do? You send it on ahead. Okay, so you send it on ahead. And, and now, this is probably not on the fit your car. You know, so you got, you got to send it on ahead. And, 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 and wouldn't it be weird, though, wouldn't it be weird if, if I was sitting in a house and the movers showed up and, and my dining room table was hanging out, you know, in the dining room, because that's where dining room tables hang out. 
And I look at the dining room table and say, you know what? That's such a nice table. It's really nice. It's, I shine it all the time, you know, put the, the, the lemon shine on it or whatever. Old English. Old English. Come on, old people. Come on. Some of you got that. And, and, you know, you shine that table. And you're like, I just really hate to move it because it's going to get injured. It's probably going to get dinged up. You know, I just, let's just leave it here. Like, don't even put it on the truck, but yet it's like your favorite table. Is it, you know what I'm getting at? Is it, is it, what Jesus is trying to get us to see is stop seeing this and send it on ahead. Like, see, see where, because this life is a blip. Right? The Bible says it's a mist. See, see eternity. It's like, send it on ahead, man. Send it on ahead. Matter of fact, send as much on ahead as you possibly can. Get as many people in the house as you can. Do it. And put all of your cash, all of your stuff, all of your energy into sending it on ahead because you don't want to be left with a table. Just you and a table? Who wants that? You know, nobody wants that. And so, so my point is, is that the action of giving really matters to God. Now, Z gave half of this stuff, but then Z also falls in love with this kingdom perspective. Like he starts to see what Jesus is about. Matter of fact, you know how he saw it? He saw it when Jesus looked at him and caught eyes with him and he said, you come on down. You dirty little rat. You dirty little sinner. And all these people hate you. But Jesus looks at him and he says, you come on down. You come on down. And I'm going to eat with you today. I'm coming to your house today. you imagine what that did to him? you imagine that? When you've been rejected by your community, in a shame-based community, Jesus said, come on. Ooh, I guarantee you that started doing something in his heart. And as a result of it, the actions came, but also there was a shift in him. There was an attitude shift. There, were, there was something in him that had shifted because he had gained a kingdom perspective. He started to see what it was really about. He wasn't just seeing the table. He was seeing eternity. He was, he was looking at it and he was seeing it right. And he was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta not just give half of this away. I gotta make it right. I gotta do something. I, matter of fact, Jesus, whatever you need me to do, I'm in. You know what I'm talking about? Like you ever, you ever remember in football, they make you do this little. And then up downs. You remember the up downs, anybody? Anybody? Am I just talking to myself today? And then if you drop, the coach would be like, and then he'd tell you over here. You, you know that stuff? That's what it makes me feel like. So I'm sitting there with you, Jesus. Come on, come on. Tell me what to do. What do you need me? Where are we? Put, 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 put me in, coach. Where do you want me? Where do you want me today? I'm, 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 I'm in. I'm in. Over there? Oh, yeah, I'm over here. Uh, uh, you need 10%? Bam. You need 20 cent? Bam. You know, I'm going to be over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right here, bro. Look at this in 
And so my attitude about giving really doesn't matter. But my attitude and my actions, they come from somewhere. But look at this in Luke 19.6. And this is where I'm going to get back to it. It says that he made haste, which I don't even know what that means. I guess that means quickly, right? <laughs> I'm making some haste here, guys. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm making haste. I'm making some haste. And it says he came down, and then watch this. He received him joyfully. I just love that. And a lot of times we skip over that stuff. But you know what's happening is, it's like he's opens himself up. He said, Jesus, you saw me. You want to go to my house? He's like, I, I, I receive that. Like, I, I, I'm open. I'm, and, I, and it's like, I want to take that in. You know, that's, that's treasure. And so he's like, I'm receiving it. And it's not just that he's receiving it, but he's doing it with joy in his heart. He's excited about the implications of the fact that Jesus wants a relationship with him. And as a result, he's, he's like, I give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Right? And a lot of times, I'll have people say things in my life, and, and, I, and part of what I'll say back is just, I receive that. Like if someone speaks something good over me, you know, now they speak death, I'm like, get out of here. Jesus, name. <laughs> but if they speak good over my life, I'm going to I receive that. I want to receive that. I'm open. I'm open. And that's what's happening here is that he's open to receive what's happening. Because see, see, this is the thing, is that Jesus did everything for us. We can see it on the cross. It's like, Jesus, you didn't have to do that, but you did that for me. And, 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 and what happens is that grabs hold of you, and there's a part of you that sees it, and you say, I want that. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but, but if you have, the Bible says when you do that, you become a follower of Jesus. Because of what he's done on your behalf. So, so what happens is, is, is that he's done all of this for you. And, and what I figured out is my attitude is, how do I pay him back? Like, there's, like how, do I, how do I pay him back? Here's the problem. I can't. But I can't. It's just it's a gift. There's nothing I can do. I can check all the boxes in life if I want. But I can't pay him back because it's a gift. And I have to what? Receive it joyfully. I have to receive it into my life. But here's one thing I do know. I can't pay him back, but I can pay it forward. Yeah. Get this? That's what he's getting at. That's what's happening with Zacchaeus. Is he's paying it forward. He can't do it back because back is already done. Jesus has done that. But he says you can do that. You can look into the future and do something about that. But you have to have received, oh, Jesus, I see what you did for me. You have to have received that into your life before you ever get to the other stuff. Because if you don't, there's going to be a wall that comes up against you. Now, I'm going to read one more thing out of Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Look at this. Heal the sick, and he's talking to the disciples. He says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Woo! That's some big stuff. But then he says... Freely you have received, now freely give, is what he says. So there's something about the receiving that matters. There's something about the front end that matters to experiencing the highly favored, to experiencing the blessing, to experiencing the happy life. There's something about the receiving that matters. And so the way that Jesus says it is freely you've received, now freely give. Now I suggest to you that the issue here, which I've been saying most of the sermon, which I probably, you guys have probably picked up on, is that the issue here is the receiving. It's not even the giving. It's the receiving. 
There's something about the receiving that we have to look at. Because see, it's not on the giving side. It's not on that side. It's on the joyful receiving side that we have to understand what's happening there and how that gets a hold of us because this is what I've learned is if we don't get that, it's going to mess everything else up. If I don't receive it joyfully into my life, it's going to mess up everything else on the back end. You know what I'm getting at? So if you're starting a project and you know step one matters and you don't do step one and it's going to mess up the entire project, come on. You know you got to do step one. And here's the deal. That's why a lot of believers on the back end struggle because they haven't figured out step one. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So today's going to set some of you free today. But see, everyone struggles with this in their life. We've all been there. Matter of fact, I would say even as you go further into your walk with God, you're going to be there. There's going to be times. Because you know what God does? He likes to stretch us. He likes to stretch us. And so you know when you've prayed that prayer, God grow me? You better watch out, because he's gonna. And you know how God grows you? He stretches you. That's what he does. So he stretches you. So, so, so my point is, is that, that God is going to do that, so we're all at times going to struggle with this. But as long as we keep the front part of this right, we understand the receiving side joyfully, this other stuff will make sense. Because see, let me, let me just say a few words to you, okay? If, if you have difficulty giving joyfully, you have... You actually have uh, difficulty receiving joyfully. If you have, that's what the Bible's saying. If you have difficulty giving joyfully, you have a problem receiving joyfully. Let me say it this way. If, if you have difficulty giving freely, you have difficulty receiving freely. You with me? Does it make sense? So, so, so what happens is, is we start to see it wrong. We start to not see that we received it joyfully, yeah? That it was just a gift of grace. And, and then what happens is, is we actually start to think like this. Come on, man. Is we actually think that, well, I worked for this. I worked hard for this. I earned it. You ever had Come on now. Come on now. I earned it. And you know what happens? You know what happens when we get there? Is, is, is we actually start to protect it. See, when we think we earned it, we protect it. Get that? And the thing that the Bible very clearly tells us is that all of this is a gift. Freely. And our job is to respond and allow that to penetrate our hearts and then be the most generous people that we possibly can be and live the happy life that God's talking to us about. Because if we don't, what happens is we start to protect it. Don't you, don't you take my stuff? But she said, that's where all the selfishness comes in, right? No, none of y'all struggle with that. Uh-uh. No, no. You know what I'm saying? That's where it all comes in. This is mine. I worked for it. Now, look, hard work, do it. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm saying just don't ever forget that as you're out there putting the seed in the ground, that God's the one that brings the rain. You bring the rain? I don't think so. So my point is that God does his part, you do your part. And don't ever get those mixed up, because when you do, you'll start to protect it. You'll start to think it's yours. You'll start to kind of be like, no, God, I'll work for this. You know what I'm saying? Come on. I'm preaching a little better. Come on. Are you all out there? I know I'm scaring you today. I, 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 I'm just, uh, help me, God. Help me. <clears throat> see, when we see it as God's blessings, what happens is we'll receive it freely. 
Like we, this is God, like God's opening His hand to you. He says, "Here, take it." And what you do is you say, "That's my God. He loves me. He has always loved me. He's always bringing good things into my life, and I'm going to receive this gift." He's not like Lucy, you know, pulling the football away. He ain't going to do that to you. So he's bringing the blessing, and you're just like, I'm receiving it, I'm receiving it. Everything he wants to give you, I take it, I take it. Because he wants to bless you, and I'm now receiving it freely. And now what's going to happen is I remember God gave me that. So that's his. I'm just a steward. I'm just managing it. And if I need to give it, I'm going to give it. And if he says it's more than ten, then it's more than ten. If he says it's five, it's five. If he tells me it'll give it all or half or whatever, I say, yes, sir. Why? Because it's about him. And it's about what he did. I, I receive it joyfully, and now I'm going to work on paying it forward into eternity. I'm going to spend my time and my effort there. Now look, here's the deal. Let me tell you something that's very clear to me. I am not preaching this message because I need your money. Like, I'm not getting a cut off this. You know, like, hey, I get 10% if everybody gives half. You know, no. Look, the church is not in trouble financially. I'm not preaching this series because we're in trouble financially. At all. Matter of fact, I go a step further and say year over year, we're about 12% up in our giving. That's pretty significant. So we're not hurting. God's been faithful. God's doing what God is doing. So I'm not here being like, come on guys, you gotta give, gotta give, gotta give, because if you don't, we're just gonna not be able to make it anymore. No, that ain't what's happening. The reason I'm teaching this to you is the same reason I teach about prayer. It's the same reason I teach about faith. Because I love you and I want to help you. Because as your pastor, my job is to help you become all that Jesus wants you to be. And if you can receive that today, then what will happen is this stuff will start to unlock in your life in a powerful way. I mean, it's important. It's the old quote. is like, I don't want something from you. I want something for you. And what I want for you is to have a blessed life. Is that you would experience the highly favored life that Jesus is talking about. I mean... Don't you want that? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, everybody wants that. And so if we have difficulty in this area of receiving freely, you will have difficulty in giving freely. Now, I want to look at one last passage of Scripture, and then I'm done. I promise. I promise. But in 2 Corinthians, verse, or chapter 8 and 9, you can read those tonight. I'm not going to go through all that. But 2, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. I'm going to give you kind of a summation, but these two chapters are put together for a reason, and the thing I'll just sum up is that, that they're about grace and giving. Now, I think that's interesting, that those two things are tied together. Think about that. Think about that, what I just said. Isn't that interesting to think about? That there's something about grace and giving that go hand in hand, and that's what Paul knew. And so he's writing in chapter 8 and 9 about this connection, about this tie. And he's talking to the Corinthian church, which the Corinthian church was going through kind of a recession. You know, they weren't doing so well financially, but they had promised to do something, right? And they weren't doing it. And so Paul's like, hey, you are not doing what you said you were going to do. As a matter of fact, because this is like old school, so he goes to the shaming. Like, Paul was good at this. He'll like, he'll like let me tell you. So he, he goes old school on them and says, <laughs> he says, um, well, have you seen the Macedonian church? The Macedonian church, man, they're worse off than you. Them people are really poor. And they're giving. What about you? Where are you at? So he goes like, like you know what I mean? Like he's like, oh, ugh. you get that letter from Paul. There's a part of it. It's like messed up because you're like, he's, 
He's trying to get us to see something. Even though his tactics aren't the same tactics that I might use, he's trying to actually help you see the point is that the reason the Macedonian church is being so generous is because they've received it joyfully. They get it. And something has got hold of the Corinthian church that they're not seeing it anymore. And so they're holding on. They're holding on. And they're not willing to let go of it. They're not willing to give it. They're not willing to re re release it. And so this grace and giving thing really does matter. So see, you need to understand that, 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 that it's the grace in your life, this is good, it's the grace in your life that actually leads you to be a giver. It's the love that you've experienced, that receiving that leads you to be the giver that God wants you to be. Now, like I said, read this uh, 8 and 9 for yourself, but I want to target verse 7, and then we're going to be done. Verse 7, look at this. But as, as, as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in diligence, and, and in your love for us, look what he says. See that you abound in this grace also. Guess what grace he's talking about? Giving. <clears throat> He says, see that you abound in this because he wants to make sure they understand that it's about the grace we've received and how that implicates and how that affects us in our actions and our attitudes. And so the grace also is about giving and we've got to get this. Now here's the deal. We're under grace and not under the law. So in the, in the, as, as a church, I mean, that's, that's what we live under. Now I'm not saying the law isn't important. The law is very important. But I think it's important we understand that we're under grace, and I'll talk about that later on. Or I'll talk about the law a little bit later on in the series, because I, I do think that the tithe matters in God's economy. But, but, but I want to talk about grace for a second, because, see, grace is about a motive. Grace is like, it, it's something here, and I've received it, and it, it's, it's affecting my motive. Is that making sense? And so the motive itself is really where this stuff is coming. Now, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Adultery. Adultery is under the law. I mean, the law says don't do it. So, right? Don't commit adultery. Now, <laughs> picture this. I say, I say to my wife, um, honey, uh, I'm not going to commit adultery uh, because the law tells me not to. Um, I really want to, but, but the law tells me not to. Because the law told me not to, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it. She, you imagine? <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? She'd be like, Ooh. no, no. She, she what she wants to hear is, baby, I love you. And because I love you, because you and I have made this commitment, because we love each other, I've received you into my life. You've received me. Because of that, I I, I would never ever do something like that. You, that's, see the difference? And that's the difference in law and grace. Is it sure the law says it? See, that's not the point. The point is grace. The point is love. It's, the point is that my motivation comes from there. My motivation comes from a man who hung on a cross and three days later was resurrected from the dead. See, that's my motivation. You're right, right? That's my motivation. And so this, this really does matter that we get a hold of this because watch this in verse 7 of uh, chapter 9. He says, So let each one of us give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly, uh, uh, not grudgingly, or or of necessity. I'm not giving to get. It says, for, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
If you look at this, this, this is the best part. If you dig into that word, cheerful, they didn't translate it right, because I don't think people would have understood it really. But the word itself in the Greek is where we get the word hilarious. So it's literally, if you translate it literally, it's hilarious givers. Isn't that fun? It's like you think about that for a second. Most people are like, well, I don't even know what that means. Right? Well, you understand what that means when you allow Jesus to get hold of it. Because you know what happens? When he says to do something and you're like, ha, 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 you're just kidding, right? <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus, you're a getter. You're a getter. You don't really want me to give that much. You really don't want me to do this. That When that happens, that's when you come back here. You're like, oh, yeah. He might, he might do that. And I tell you, the first time my wife and I heard from God to give our car away, that's one of the moments. You're like, <laughs> no. And, then, and so, what do we do? We gave our car to somebody. Why? Because I'm up here to tell you, like, who? Look at me. No, no, no. It's because Jesus did everything for me. And if Jesus wants it, he can have it. If he tells me to do it, do it. So my point is, it's the motive, it's the heart. It comes from this place of receiving him joyfully. And when I do, everything breaks loose. You will never have a problem with giving ever again in your life when you have received Jesus joyfully in your heart. You hear me? Let's pray. God, we thank you. And I know that my message probably stirs up some stuff. Is that is I have I received you? And so I don't want to. I don't want to sow seeds of doubt as it relates to your salvation in here. That's not my goal. Uh, so, so just reject that. But I do want you to examine something. I just want you to examine that when you think about where your treasure goes, are you holding on to it? You know, are you protecting it? And if you are, there's something going on. And so I just want to ask you today. Have you gotten to a place in your life that you forgot? That you forgot to, 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 to that it's all a gift? That, that literally you received it? It's just a gift? And so maybe you want to make a recommitment there. And so I'm going to pray for you specifically. God, I pray for everybody in the room that maybe has forgotten the gift that they received. I pray right now, Lord, that you would remind them of that gift, that you would settle the matter in their hearts, and that they would move out of that place to be able to be the most generous, giving people that, that, that ever lived, God. I pray that you would release people today from that bondage. Now, today also I know that maybe somebody in here has never received God in their life. In other words, you've never received Christ like Zacchaeus did. You never did it joyfully. You, maybe you did it because you felt bad. Or maybe you did it at camp because someone scared you about hell. But, but it wasn't freely. It wasn't joyous. And, and so today, here, here's the thing. I hope that as I spoke today, that you saw what I was saying. Is that Jesus loves you. Jesus, matter of fact, God says he sent his son because he loves you. He gave him for you because he loves you. And all you need to do is receive it freely. That's it. Receive it. Receive it. And so I want to pray for you. The Bible says if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that this is true, that he will come. He will, he will come in. And so all you have to do is receive it. And so I'm going to pray for you today if that's you. And, and so, so in, just, in just a second, I'm going to ask you to, to, to respond to this. 
And so what I'd like for you to do is raise your hand in just a second. If this is you today and you feel like this is where you want to make a stand and you want to receive that joyfully in your life, if that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand up, right? So I can pray for you. Nobody's looking around. Here you go. One, two, three. Go ahead. Raise your hand up if that's you. Okay. Good job. Proud of you. Well done. You can put your hands down. Good. All right, guys. We're all going to pray together. Nobody's praying alone in here. And so we're all together on this deal. And so everybody's going to repeat this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. My sin has separated me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for beating death for me. I receive you joyfully today. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that were making decisions today?